Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast, where for the first time in Wizards of Drivel history, we're doing two positive podcasts on the bounce. Chris Brammer is here. And and he's feeling a bit positive. It's I mean, this New Year's resolution of being positive is coming... Uh, it's leading to good things. If you think positively, Dave, everything positive will happen, apparently. Uh, good. <laughs> tell, your doc- <laughs> tell your doctor that. Um, Zach is also here. It is just sunshine and rainbows and butterflies all the way down. Brilliant. Oh, shall we end the show there? <laughs> no, there's a lot to talk about. Like, there's I been suppose... so much stuff in the last, like, so many emotions were felt since we last did a podcast day. <laughs> in the last podcast, we were saying Gary Rowett was going to be our next manager. <laughs> like, so much has, has it o- Has it only been a week? That no, was a week they, ago? They, no, 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 no. It was two weeks ago. Okay. We didn't do a show uh, last weekend because uh, nothing had happened like substantial. Um, all that had happened was we got turned down by two managers. But <laughs> since then, we got turned down by a third manager. We appointed a manager. We signed a right back. We signed a left back. We lost <laughs> to Old Trafford. Uh, and then we bloody beat Huddersfield yesterday. <laughs> you know, Stoke. We- <laughs> They could, we could be boring, you know. We could be just, like, fine and mid-table like we have been <laughs> the last couple of seasons. I like new, unpredictable Stoke now. It's, it's do, it does wonders for content creation, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like... And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. That's all football's <laughs> really there for, just, yeah, exactly. just for the content. <laughs> right then, Stoke City 2, Huddersfield nil. Chris, oh my God, Paul Lambert is amazing. Right, he really is. Like I've, oh, I've not felt this positive about it in in about football and Stoke in a while. And like this, I mean, beyond no illusions that when Paul Lambert was after Martin O'Neill turned us down, and it was like, whoa, Paul Lambert's now odds-on favourite. The the absolute doom and gloom of like everyone was substantial. And even when he came along, like and was announced, and people were like, oh, well, we'll give him our support. But I don't know. I don't know if it's just a new manager bounce. I hope it's not. But he's bloody got him playing and he's he's done everything right, hasn't it? What a first week for him. He's gone around and shook everyone's hand. He's said all the right things in press conferences. He's just come across as a bloody lovely bloke who's happy for the opportunity. Someone actually wanted the Stoke job. And he, he <laughs> like, how bad's that? And he's just, oh, he's come across so, so well in this last week. So, um, yeah. Oh, bloody love you, Paul, right now. Yeah. I don't want to get carried away, but I'm getting a slight Jurgen Klopp kind of vibe from him. Um, I'm not saying he's as good a manager yet, but uh, he wears tracksuits. He runs up and down that technical area like a madman. He's uh, got a bit of humour in his press conference. You know, he made that little joke about all starting that uh, Paul Lambert chant at Old Trafford. And he's like walking towards the booth at the end at full time. We just need to do that linky arms thing at the oh, end of a match now. That would be so I was going to say, before we start making direct comparisons to Klopp, we're going to have to see Lambert just eat a whole pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? The you know the week is young. <laughs> who knows what's going to happen next? I think, Maybe I think, for the Watford game. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing with like Paul Lambert that I think everyone... I mean, I'm sure some people have said it, but like 
obviously his last two jobs three jobs if you include Villa but Villa are mad and like look I mean they're a club who I would say, look at the the job he did at Villa. Villa are a club who are messed up anyway. Blackburn he went to. Bloody hell. Blackburn, um, as you've done on uh, Who Are You Pod, Dave, you know that there is so much shit going on with Blackburn. that it's You can't really blame Paul Lambert for its failures. Wolves, it didn't work out for him. But if there's anyone who has a point to prove, it's Paul Lambert. And I think that you, him running up and down the touchline yesterday was... Just proof that God, he he wants this to be a massive success to prove a point, doesn't he? And I'm all for that. Yeah, like contrast him like kicking every ball and you know running up and down like a madman to the kind of slightly disappointed geography teacher expression <laughs> of, of Mark Hughes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, and the the complete night and day in the team as well. I mean. Uh, the the P word has been thrown around a lot, which is uh, passion, of course. And it's you know you can you can overestimate its influence, but it, there d- did seem to be more of that yesterday. I'm not saying like oh we won because we cared more, but it seemed like we did care more than we have, and, <laughs> and that's um, why we won. Yes, it's the because we wanted to win the most, and that's why Man City are, are top of the Premier League because they want to win the most out of everyone. Um, <laughs> What 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 were the main differences apart from apart from passion, Zach? What what was, uh, what did you like about Stoke yesterday? What what was different about us? I mean, the team was was pressing. Whenever uh, Huddersfield had the ball, they were actively trying to cut passing lanes. Um, I mean, I feel like all season we've been a team where, like, tactically, it was about trying to catch them on the counter. But then when you start Peter Crouch up top, that's just never going to happen. Um, we actually started Mom Juve up top our fastest player, I guess Bauer might have a claim to that now. But we actually had the the team set up in a way where when we caught Huddersfield on the counter, we had our fastest players streaking down the pitch. Uh, And that's that's how we scored both goals. Mm. Um, It was just amazing. And also, you know, we talked about how, you know, we brought in both fullbacks, just kind of like problems with the squad that have seemed apparent to everybody for a really long time that Hughes either was ignoring out of, I don't know whether it was pride or spite at times. Um, right, Lambert went right out, got new fullbacks. We're interested in central midfielder and a striker. Just identifying the problems and just playing, playing us, playing an eleven that makes sense with the tactics. And we looked great yesterday. It was awesome. Yeah, you you cannot underestimate the uh, importance of playing a team that works. You know, just pick, picking players in the right positions, and uh, it's ridiculous that we. This is something that we have to say. The but bar has that, been set so low. That was what it. Yeah, that was what it got to under Hughes. Oh, oh yeah, f- fucking hell, that back four. Oh my, like the, the most c- competent we've looked in ages at the back. I mean, like I said, like, Kurt Zuma just seemed a foot taller. He dealt with everything. Shawcross was just superb. Like, he's massively important in our back four anyway. And I think it was kind of a brave call to drop Martins Indy in the first place because I don't think he'd played all that badly against Man United. Uh, Peters came back in, bit of an injury doubt, played really well. Bauer, just wow. Just, oh my God. 
I don't. I don't. I think he might be the best footballer in the world. I don't want to fall in love with another Austrian, Dave. I had my heart <laughs> broken before. I don't want to do it. You've been stung before. Um, exactly. you know, but, oh, the, the it, pace, the just the the running, the, not not in terms of like speed, but the the effort in just getting up and down that pitch. Uh, and he, he's a competent defender, mm-hmm. and you just feel like we've got an added element to the attack now because fucking hell, the ma- fucking juice at right wing back. Remember how long we just did that for because there was nobody else there, <laughs> and it's like you know you can it's sign you, you, you can sign a right back, like and and you know people. People say that's a Mark Hughes signing, but yeah, you know what? I don't care. It, it, doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like a Mark Hughes signing. It feels like a, a almost kind of board level signing. I mean, people have suggested it with Mark Bowen that was involved in that signing. Uh, if that's their farewell gift, then, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the- amazing what happens when you play a striker as a striker. Yeah. That that's also good. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! Uh, like even the midfield, Charlie Adam and Darren Fletcher looked like they knew what their roles were, and like they had a plan, and they didn't like panic at everything. Uh, Charlie Adam, uh, he, he's he's a weird uh, old player sometimes because he can look both brilliant and hopeless within like <laughs> two minutes. But he was clearly being told to like hit it first time forward, try and set Chupo or Shakiri or Ju uh, like beyond the like the their high line, and didn't work a few times. Worked another couple of times. I mean, that was a great ball for Chupo for the, uh, the first goal. I think it was yeah, first goal, and it just we just like oh my oh god! My god. I'm just I mean, it's, the it's... words. I can't speak. <laughs> It's just really, a, we haven't had a bad squad. It's just been a matter of the tactics being off and players being in the wrong positions. I mean, if you're going to use Charlie Adam, you want to play him in this more creative role further up the pitch where he doesn't have any defensive responsibilities. Because if he has defensive responsibilities, he's not going to track back. He's going to miss tackles. He's going to put in bad fouls. And Hughes just always insisted on playing Charlie Adam as kind of like a deeper midfielder. And that's going to kind of like leave us open to uh, just getting shredded in the midfield. And that was what happened for years. All of a sudden you play him behind the striker. He doesn't have any responsibilities to track back. And he's like able to put in great balls like that. I still don't think that he's kind of like a major option for the future, but coming off the bench and in a pinch, like just using him in the right way, just like totally changed how the team worked yesterday. Hmm. Uh, Chris, uh, who are your kind of standout players from yesterday? Then we, I think we've mentioned uh, like half the team there already. But is anyone else just kind of, I, kind of just make you happy? Yeah, I mean, it was. I was really, really happy to see Shawcross have a good performance because obviously there's been loads of questions over him and whether he's back to his full strength and stuff. I think it's it was a it was refreshing to see Ryan Shawcross in a very dominant role yesterday because there have been occasions where. You you wonder if he's been the same person after back injury and back back injury after back injury, but he's. It, I think it shows how 
this team still he's a key player for this team you need him in this in this squad um bauer again to echo what you said dave oh, i just i love him he's really good there was a moment where he gave well no so there were, a free kick got given against us and it was one where he was arguing that he'd been brought down as well it was towards the end of the game and i just like he had a little bit of a like a, a tantrum i want to say but i loved it because it was like Oh, you care so much that this has just happened, and oh, he's brilliant. Um, Shakiri, that flick forever and ever. Let's just have it on a gif on repeat, please, because that was <laughs> that was lovely. And Joe Allen, I have to say, Joe Allen, yeah. I thought he he had a purpose about. He wasn't aimlessly running around like a Labrador uh, yesterday. Mm. He had a, he had a proper purpose, and I and I liked seeing that. That Joe Allen can play in the team all the time, please. Uh, that's what I want. Yeah, I I would have given him my man of the match actually, Joel, and I thought he just did everything right. He he was calm in possession. He just worked. We we expect Joel to to run around and work really hard, but like you said, he did it with purpose. He did it with intensity, and I think match of the day picked up that sixty yard run he'd made to to score the goal as well. Just bloody hell! Like I was there. I thought. <laughs> I thought Shakiri was sensational yesterday and you know he you know he got some stick for missing, you know, three or four chances I guess, but you know he had that flick on and he had three or four chances. When was the yeah. last time we had three or four chances as a team, <laughs> yeah. let alone just one player? And yeah. you know like his positioning was great, he was making awesome runs and we're talking like actual chances in the box, not when Shakiri shoots from like 40 yards out chances. I mean, yeah. I, just just the fact that we were like creating serious chances, making opportunities, just the team, just in general, just looked so much more more bright and positive. It was, it was so fun. With, with, I think with Shakiri, sensational, maybe overdoing it, and we'll we'll probably get some people uh, at me contact the podcast. Yes, they 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 will call <laughs> at me, you, you out. cowards. <laughs> yes, um, but. Um, I thought he got a bit of stick for not for missing the chances, I suppose, really. But I thought, like overall, he he played well, like beautiful assist, and yeah, th- those chances are really frustrating because you know he is capable of just twatting it in the top right hand corner, and like to just tamely hit the goalkeeper every time was like, <laughs> but um, yeah, he he was just a he was an outlet and an option, and like we had outlets and options on the pitch and we we don't we haven't had them like contrast like the Shakiri performance with the one against Newcastle and yeah there's your there's your new manager bouncing effect there um on Shawcross by the way uh Pete Smith tweeted uh Shawcross's uh record for Stoke this season with and without him so this season with Shawcross uh we've played 16 games and got 19 points won five drawn four Without Shawcross, we've played eight games, won one, drawn one, lost the other six. Conceding, wow. we've conceded twenty-five goals without Ryan Shawcross in eight games, and twenty-five goals with him in sixteen games. Yeah, he's good, wow. and <laughs> he's bl- bloody good, and yeah, just absolutely chuffed to pieces. Uh, Huddersfield, you know, they're not. A particularly good side. I thought they were really poor. I think mean, you know they've impressed me at times this season. They haven't got like a an all star squad. They've got a very good manager who sets them up really well. But they were crap. 
<laughs> they they were born with Esk in their shithousery. And I think that's upsetting upsetting a member of the Brammer household. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, a, she's a big David Wagner stan. <laughs> Very upset to hear you talking that way about him. Yeah, I mean, she she's a big fan of any German football uh, managers. So, you know, to hear you talk like this, you're upsetting her. Especially when it's bath time, David. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Bath. There you go, bath. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that me. that is the most perceptive insight we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> yes, it re- it really is. I mean, this is the child who, if you remember last season, cried when we spoke about John Walters missing his face. Thank you. Right, are you going to go and have a bath? Go on then. Off you go. See you in a bit. She's gone. Just like that. I mean, we can. I think we should do this more often. Insights from a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, you you get Sorry. better opinions. You get a better opinions than on a uh, praise and grumble. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, just uh, two players who weren't in the squad yesterday were Saido Berahino and Kevin Vimmer. Do you th- do we think that's it for them? Thirty million quid's worth of I, players there. I ma- I imagine Saido was probably um, at a lawyer's office filing a lawsuit <laughs> against the Sun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's let's not talk about that. Uh, don't want to get sued by anyone. Um, yeah, but it do, it doesn't look uh, like they have much of a footballing future at Stoke. You never know. But one one spectacular rumor I heard as I got to my seat yesterday from someone around me was right. Saido Berahino, where did he do well? Uh, okay, was it West Brom under which manager? Roy Hodgson. Where did Christian Benteke do very well? for Aston Villa under Paul Lambert. Hence, swap oh. deal. <laughs> because if you're ah. Crystal Palace, what what you really want is uh, is Saido Berahino coming. So <laughs> you'd, if, it, if it happens, you heard it here first. You'd like to think that under a new manager, they would be given a fair chance and they would actually try and prove a point. Uh, but, oh, goodness me. Like, we bought Kevin Vimmer, like, what? Not even six months ago. Come on, like... I know he's not been the best player, and bloody hell, he's been yeah, he's been bloody useless at times. But it would be nice to think that getting in shape and whatever, he would he'd be a good player for this team. You'd feel, especially with like Kurt Zuma going back in the summer, because let's be honest, Kurt Zuma's not going to be here next season. Mm. So you'd. I mean, maybe maybe as part of a swap deal with Crouchy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. But I mean, oh. I've just I've just thought ahead, and I know this is several months down the line, but if Kurt Zuma is going back to Chelsea, him and him and Chupa Moting's lovely bromance, what's going to happen there? Because uh, they're like we'll a double ha- act, and we'll have to sell Chupo as well. It'll be devastating, but you know. But I, I'm thinking more Chelsea for the sake of Kurt Zuma's like. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Vin, you should probably just let him stay with us because. He's got a best a best mate. Best mate. We know, yeah, Roman Roman Abramovich is notoriously sentimental, um, <laughs> yeah. so I can see that I can see that working out for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear me. Sorry, I'm uh, kind of thrown off ever since the, my child's come running in the room. I have no idea what we're on about anymore. <laughs> uh, perhaps some uh, correspondence then to get us back on track. Uh, Mark Turner on Facebook: Stoke always look better with Ryan and Charlie in the side. Alan was superb and how refreshing to have a manager that shows a bit of passion. 
Uh, ben Jones, one of the best performances since the United and City wins back when we were Stoke Colonna. Good to see a passionate manager who kept on at the players from kickoff and one of the best atmospheres I've heard for a long time. Early days, but it's all looking positive. Also, I think Moritz Bauer could be one of the bargains of the year. Yeah, the atmosphere yesterday. That's um, it was it was str- it was a strange kind of game in general because the first half, let's be honest, nothing much happened, and so there was the initial kind of yeah, like go on, get behind them stuff, and then it kind of died down. But once we scored, uh, it was like it was like Stoke were back kind of thing, and uh, I think you had Huddersfield fans on Twitter say like how the Delilah after the, one of the goals was amazing and stuff, and mm. oh, it's just it's just good, like everyone's. United again and oh god I think 85 episodes we've been doing this podcast and we haven't really been properly like this <laughs> uh, yeah it's a nice it's a nice feeling and it did feel like the the culmination of the atmosphere and everything yesterday it, it felt like it not only was it needed but it'd been a long time coming the Stoke fan base has needed something to get behind and I do think we kind of relish the opportunity to be underdogs thank you paddy power for paying out yet again because i feel like those type of motivating factors are what they're what drove us in the past and they i mean it's we're, we we are a small club relatively in comparison to especially some that are not even that far away from us um you know we are a provincial city club and i think the idea of people looking down on us does make us kind of you know put our back up a bit and we will fight over it and that's a good thing especially when we are in a relegation fight um my it's not even a concern because it's a positive podcast but we do need this (laughs) that was that was really close that was a really close call and we we do we do just need this atmosphere to to keep going we are not out of any fight that result didn't stop us from being a relegation candidate we need to keep going i would say though that that was stoke after three days training with paul lambert we now have a week and a bit where we're training with him and you would hope that with a like i mean as you say the defense looked rock solid you would hope more training going into it we can get a good game plan going and really improve and especially if we have some more signings coming in that really pick the squad up give us give give the players some like belief not just the fans it's it's amazing what a change in atmosphere can do for for everyone involved mm. i uh i couldn't hear the atmosphere because i was watching the game at a uh, a soccer pub i called in advance they told me that they were going to have the match on they were lying Turns out no one in America cares about televising Stoke City versus Huddersfield. So I watched it on a cell phone. Um, in the but pub. Then when I, in the pub. Um, <laughs> with like the United and Arsenal games on and lots of people cheering. But then when I went back and watched Match of the Day later, I could hear the atmosphere and it was great. Also, watched Match of the Day for the first time since the 2-2 draw with United. Because I have a rule where I don't watch Match of the Day unless we have a good performance. So it's been like it's been about six months, and it was nice to to watch good highlights again. That's nice, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. Should we should we talk about since I guess the next episode won't be until the end of the month? Should we talk about some transfer stuff? Oh. Yeah, we we could do that. Um, I was just gonna uh, kind of briefly touch on the uh, week we missed. The you okay. know the 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 hellish week of manager rejections as as you know 
from managers from all across Europe, it seems, swipe left on Stoke City. Um, <laughs> what? What? I mean, what did we make of kind of our approach to uh, finding a manager? Did we do? Did we go about it the right way? Should we have had a name lined up before we sacked Hughes? Uh, and should we have uh, approached the, those managers in the order we did? What, what did you make of it, Chris? Genuinely, I think that we... I think our board thought Gary Rowett was going to come. And I think that... I mean, I don't know if, if early talks have been said, but I think when when Mark Hughes was gone and they came out saying, we want to have a manager in place before the United game... It was under the impression, or at least we were under the impression, just from reading things, that they have an idea of who's coming in. They've got, they had one or two targets. Well, I mean, we thought it was either Gary Rowett, and if that weren't going to work out, Martin O'Neill. Um, I think Gary Rowett, and I don't want to say he played as well, but I think that he used this as a good opportunity, and I can't blame him for wanting to stay at Derby. Like, it's it was it's a shame. I would have liked him as manager. Uh, I'm not going to be annoyed now because we've got uh, King Paul and he's mint. Um, but after that, then what? Kike Sanchez Flores came along and that was kind of left field. I think my my issue with how we approached the managerial situation was that Gary Rowett, Kike Sanchez Flores, Martin O'Neill—they're all very different managers—and it was kind of like. Well, what are we trying to get out of this this situation? It weren't like we were looking for a similar candidate across the board. Even Paul Lambert, you can't really say, is similar to the other uh, managers who we had lined up. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's weird to think back how I was a few days ago and be like, and how negative I felt about it all. And now, because we've won, everything's fine, isn't it? But, I... <sighs> Maybe, I think, yes, the board could have done a lot better in how it approached. Um, but I do think that they probably were under the assumption that Gary Rabbit was going to come. Again, I base that on nothing other than reading newspapers. Mm. And also I think, uh, I may be reading too much into it, but I think there was still the thing of, we think Hughes can turn it around kind of thing. And, it, and kind of that Coventry defeat forced their hand and they didn't have anyone lined up. And you kind of look at Watford today, who've sacked Marco Silva, quite controversially, but they they were in a really poor run of form, and they've suggested that him getting his head turned by Everton was a factor in it. But they, by all accounts, seem to have someone lined up, and you can argue that that's better in that you can get him in straight away. But no one's going to argue it's worse. Well. Well, <laughs> I, it's worse from a from a moral standpoint, I suppose. It, <laughs> I guess that's it's, true. It's, it's it's kind of shittier behaviour. I mean, we we don't we don't sack managers at nearly the same enough rate as, as Watford, so we're we're uh, kind of out of out of practice at it. We're we're kind of like that is true. Oh, yeah, like <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> like, is there a big phone book of managers? Do do, do we just like go on LinkedIn and, and but, try and hit up Gary Rowett? <laughs> But I think, yeah, no, I think you're right in what you say, Dave. You can't, Dave. You can't imagine like Peter Coates going clandestine behind Mark Hughes' back and being like, psst, psst, "Gary, Gary, we're thinking of getting rid of Mark. When he goes, how about you come over?" Like, it doesn't seem like the most honest thing to do. Line someone up 
before you even get rid of someone else. So I I agree. I don't I don't think our board would operate like that. It just seemed like Hughes was in this weird period where he was about to lose his job for like six weeks. Yeah. I don't know. We are this is a positive podcast, and Paul Lambert is king. So, so no critical opinions of any sort. Of, of anything, of anything, only good things. <laughs> Welcome to the new Soviet state of wizards. Just, <laughs> we heard your, we heard your feedback, and we are delivering in a way that is not enjoyable to listen to. <laughs> we, we, hey, we've always always done that. Um, yeah, let, let's move on to to more joy. Um, talk about some transfer business. We've signed two players. Uh, the aforementioned Bauer being one of them and we've brought in Staffy the Greek lad uh, (laughs) oh my god Staffy is definitely how he needs to be known I hadn't even considered that you you can't expect Block 19 to sing a song song with Staffy Ledis in it it's just not going (laughs) to work so Staffy it is Uh, not on the bench yesterday I presume he needs to get some uh, fitness up and things but uh, you know Competition for Eric Peters, signing Augsburg's reserve left back, you know, isn't the most exciting, but there you go. Uh, we did a, a tweet the Fulhamish podcast because he was on loan at Fulham two years ago. Uh, they, they're certainly surprised that he's gone to a Premier League club. They don't seem to rate him that highly. Bit of a temperament, apparently, but you know, Greek international. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to displace Peters. Yeah, he was great in Germany last year, from what it seems, and I, th- I think he's only out of the team right now because Augsburg took somebody on loan. And what I was reading is that Staphylidis was supposed to transfer to um, Hamburg at the beginning of the season, yeah. and then it kind of fell through at the last minute, and when that transfer seemed imminent, they kind of dropped him out of the team because, why not, you're not going to be our player in a week. This new kid kind of came in and has been fantastic, so um, Staphylidis hasn't really been out of the Augsburg team through any fault of his own. Um, so he might be a little bit out of match fitness, but as far as I can tell, he was fantastic last season. And yeah, even if it all if all it does is like light a fire under Peter's ass, you know, mm. good for, so be it. Yeah, because good. I think as and... well, Eric Eric Peter, sorry, Eric Peter's playing as a fullback is so much better than Eric Peter's playing as a wingback. And we've yeah, I know yeah. we've said that for ages, but if if yeah, if we've only brought in Staffy to make sure Eric knows that there's competition then that then that's great because Eric Peters yesterday was really yeah I enjoyed his performance Mm. and uh, some kind of news that broke after the Huddersfield game was that uh, we are close to signing and uh, like recent reports have added fuel to this fire it seems like it's very much happening now a four million pound deal for New York City FC winger Jack Harrison now uh, Zach as the person closest geographically geographically to new york out of all of us uh like give us a full dossier leave no detail unsaid let tell us everything about him oh man um he plays for nycfc which is a (laughs) soccer club in america in a league that i definitely watch um um so i don't really know a ton about him um but I know he plays on the right wing. You know he's from Staffordshire originally. From what I've what I've been reading, I mean I, I'm I'm familiar with him, so this wasn't the first I'd heard of him. Um, 
I know from people I know who follow MLS more closely than I do. I know people talk about him as being um, one of, if not the most exciting uh, young prospect in the league. Um, I was reading yesterday from some NYCFC supporters who were saying that a couple seasons ago, he seemed to be the kind of player who was mostly reliant on his pace. Um, but now he's like, he's a better dribbler and he's added like a, they described it as a Robin-esque cut inside move. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but <laughs> um, so yeah, so he seems to kind of like be improving his game at a really rapid rate. Um, he's scoring and assisting a lot for, for NYC. Um, I believe that they're coached by Patrick Vieira now. Yeah. Um, so I think that that, he seems to be coachable and uh, like work really hard. And the NYCFC fans that I was seeing on the internet were uh, heartbroken to find out that he was leaving. So that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned, though, he's born in Stoke-on-Trent, which is like exciting because I don't think many of us had heard of him. I don't follow the MLS uh, very closely at all. But your bit of Googling uh, says a couple of months ago he was linked with both Man United and Man City. So... Um, perhaps not one to be thrown in the first team straight away, you'd imagine, particularly when Jordan Shakiri plays there. But, um, yeah, we're going after another play with pace, Chris. Like, what, what's this all about? I, uh, I'm scared, Chris. I'm scared I'm going to wake up. <laughs> it's it's um it's refreshing definitely and god we've needed more and more pace. I know you just said that, you know, you don't see him as part of the uh, first team plan straight away but I mean who knows with Paul Lambert who knows if uh, where he's gonna gonna play this lad um, because of what I, from from my understanding yeah he plays on the wing but he can he, as you say Zaki cuts in centrally and so a central role behind the striker is not without uh, suggestion so who knows it's exciting it's definitely exciting um I, I, keep, keep going, bring more players. Let's get loads in. Let's just have a great time. So yeah, even if he's going to be in the team in kind of like a similar role to Ramadan, um, right, coming off the bench, um, right, Shakiri will hurt his calf at some point. That's mm. just what happens with him. Um, and we don't really have a lot of right-sided players, attacking players. Like, you could say Juf, but that wasn't ever really his choice. Um, and as much as we love him, he's not really a dribbler. Um but yeah, just good to have more depth in instead of having like way too many center backs and no full backs or right sided attacking players. Like if all this does just kind of like round out the depth of the team and give us more options for the future. Like I'm and he, young English talent. He's like an England under under 21 national. He's a local kid. I think it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, any names we've been linked to that are exciting as well. Um, a st- I think that our next priority should be a central midfielder, but uh, I'm not seeing too many names linked. I, I, perhaps people who've been, you know, monitoring the gossip sites more closely than I have will have some idea of names that have been bandied about. Uh, has anyone anyone got any potential we, targets for me? We were just linked. Sorry, go on, go on. Oh, I was just you might <clears> have been about to say the same player, the uh, the Senegalese midfielder at Galatasaray. Yes, um, please, Chris. And and Dai, is it? I can't remember his first name. Let me uh, Badu. Google it. Madu and Dai. Okay. Badu with a with a B. Badu. Oh, let me let me find. Yeah, because um, he he definitely seems the well. There was a lot of legs in it the other week, but um, now not so much. 
I think the most yeah. recent thing I heard was that we bid fourteen and a half million pounds, but Galatasaray wanted seventeen and a half. That was okay. maybe like two or three days ago, but I think it was also from like the Sun or the Mirror, so I don't know if, how much that can be trusted. <laughs> so I've I've been doing a thing mm. where after after you all go to bed, um and I watch I do a YouTube deep dive. Um <laughs> he seems like a really good player. Um kind of like an Imbula type, but not quite so good a dribbler, but a better tackler, and uh, I think he scores a bit more. Not so much a Galatasaray, but he was, for two seasons before a Galatasaray, he was at this different Turkish club whose name I won't even try to pronounce, but he scored a lot of goals there. Um, he's really, really fast, too, and like tracks back, puts in really hard tackles. I think he could be a fantastic signing. Well, well, that's pretty, that's pretty exciting, then. Um uh, shall we have some uh, correspondence before we kind of look ahead to the upcoming game? Uh, Kevin Bowers says, play some depressing music as it you will have little to moan about. K, or maybe kill some puppies to make it more like the norm from Kev, from Kev Bowers. <laughs> he put from Kev Bowers on his tweet. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyone got any kind of reasons to be sad and uh, bring the tone of the show down? Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm not killing puppies on the air because that's really more of a video, for an off air thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't really want to do that on a podcast because you can't see it. You don't get anywhere near the kind of. Um, yeah, that's just that's just for the Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say that's for the bear pit, but yeah, fine. <laughs> for a literal bear pit as well. I was going uh... Is is that how they kill them? Yeah, throw them throw them in an actual bear pit. Why has Bear Pit TV not done that yet? Why have they not done Bear Pit TV from a bear pit? Why don't they have a bear? Why is there not exactly? And, and while we're on it, why did Duck Magazine not have a pet duck that they go to games with? It just seems like a missed opportunity. That is uh, that is from David Kalashaw, social media professional. I mean, <laughs> you should be a content person. Oh, we're, we've got a person back again. Bear with me. <laughs> I was going to say the only sad thing that I can think of is that after in the last week, like Pete Smith went and talked to Boyan's people about how he wants to come back to Stoke. If after all of this, he doesn't come home, that's going to make me very sad. But, but that, but that means that there's the possibility that it will happen. And that makes me so happy. Yeah. Uh, Bojan banner in the ground as well. I mean, like if, if you throw, Bojan coming back on top of everything good that's been happening lately, then, oh my God, we'll be just so giddy. It'll be really depressing if we go down after this because we've had a really happy week. <laughs> oh, and the Imbula's goal as well. Oh my days. Oh. Unbelievable. Do, 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 do you see Kurt Zuma's, uh, I think Zach, you pointed it out to, to us, uh, Kurt Zuma's Instagram uh, of him watching said Imbula goal. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll know each other Will they? They were. They haven't played together. Um, Maybe from like the France youth setup. Ah, oh, but possibly. Though, that. I, though I guess Mbula has also played for Belgium, but he's he's a French. I, I think he's yeah. in, the, in the French setup now. I think I don't think he. Yeah, he he went a while not having made his mind up. But oh my days, what a goal! Get him back as well. Get Money Ace back. Get the whole gang back. <laughs> We're putting the band back together. Paul's putting the band back Get together. Get Arnie back now. Big 50 <laughs> oh. million for Arnie. Get him oh. back. God. 
Oh, yeah, in Zonzi. In Zonzi's available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Football's coming home, lads. Football's coming home. Oh. So, so in answer to, to Kev, no, we won't be negative. Not today. We're sick of these negative fans. Always have to give a, a derogatory opinion, and I'm not having it. I'm sick of their negative anti-manager agendas. I'm just... <laughs> Can't be doing with it. Same fans, you get them on social media all the time. They have to say something that's against the club. There's there's people out there, Chris, that want us to lose football matches. <laughs> So-called Stoke, Stoke fans. fans. Paul Lambert is king, comments. and I've always yes. said that. How dare they? I'm excited. This is, I, I'm like smiling about Stoke for the first time in a year and a half. It's very, it's it, it's all very thrilling. It was, it was nice to win at football wasn't it i like i, I like yeah that. i like I winning at football on balance i prefer it when stoke win to if they don't that's a hot take that's a hot take dave that may not make me popular with the clique of stoke fans on twitter but there you go that's just what i think lads. um uh question here from uh, our mate john dykes will the absence of cups help or hinder the Lambert Revolution. Uh, well, we've got a we've got a free week next week. We've got a free run at Watford, so uh, and, I think I think they're still in the cup, aren't they? So and then and we're not going abroad either, are we? The Dubai away trip has been cancelled, apparently. Yeah, Charlie Adams devastated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which you know it makes everyone's um, dads really happy that they're going to be staying in cold, miserable <laughs> Staffordshire and training outside there rather than going to <laughs> Dubai for warm weather training. Good, Good. get them, get them running on fields. That's what I say. <laughs> run, I up, the, run up, run up, cop. That's where they should run. I think the Watford game will be interesting because it'll be the new manager bounce against the even newer manager bounce. Yes. <clears throat> so we'll get to, we'll get to see the. How that situation it's, works out. It's at home, isn't it, the Watford game? Is yes, it, it is. So, obviously, like, new manager bounce for Watford is a, a, a big thing, but it, w- it would probably be worse if we were going to Vicarage Road. And, yeah. You know, it would be the sa- it, you would imagine it would be the same type of atmosphere as it was uh, for, for us yesterday. So, oh, I don't but, like playing against new managers. Yeah, But Watford are still in the cup, aren't they? So... His very first game, uh, if they appoint oh, him in time, will, will be out of the way. So that that initial exciting, you know, first performance, you know, it's taken some of the sheen off it. So, you know, I, I you know what, lads? Sometimes uh, you can appoint a manager and they won't win the first game. Sometimes they they might even lose it. Managers I mean, have been known to do that. That's that's not a scientific fact, Dave. I think the scientific I, I, fact is that they, they win their first games, as is that, written by narrative. I wouldn't know what that's like, because Paul Lambert has literally never lost a Stoke match. <laughs> yeah. Statistically, all... statistically, he's the greatest manager in our history. Exactly, I was going to say, yeah, you, can, you can you know talk about passion all you want, but the advanced analytics are behind this. <laughs> this, conge- this conjecture. Based 100% off his... of the time, Paul Lambert will get a win for Stoke. Yeah, but based off current projections, our expected titles are 100%. You know, we, we're, de- we're down to win the Premier League and all future competitions based off, you know, all projections guide us towards Champions League glory in a couple of years. So, 
That's very exciting. Yeah, and that's, and that's not even debatable. That's just that's just math. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, five games coming up. I think uh, we talked about you know kind of having six cup finals, of which Huddersfield was one. We've got one win out of the way. How many of these uh, forthcoming five games uh, do we need to win, or how many points do you think we need to kind of put ourselves in a in a strong position? I think that really, really depends on those teams around us because, mm. as, as we, as we've said before, I think that this league isn't very good this year, and for you, you want us to go and win as many of them as possible. But there is a hope in there as well that a team like Southampton or um, West Brom or whoever really drop off and put a bit of a gap between us and the and the the bottom three or whatever um are we still are we out of the bottom three still despite of that southampton mm-hmm. result yeah we're yeah we're 17th yeah. right now by a point that's well that's it so um so five games i don't know i i'm trying to look at our fixture so i can tell you what i think is realistic, realistic. so we have so we have watford burnmouth brighton leicester southampton and then we have city everton Arsenal, Spurs, West Ham, Burnley, Liverpool, and then Palace, Swansea to finish it off. So we have a great run of games, a terrible run of games, and then a couple decent mm. ones at the end. I I think that I'd like us to win the Bournemouth away game, but obviously away games are difficult. But I think we need to be winning the next two home games, definitely. I think that yeah. Watford and, and, who is it, Brighton, uh, we we I mean we need to be beating Brighton definitely. I think there's points to be taken from Bournemouth as well. Um, Leicester away, that's always a a difficult one in there. I I wouldn't mark that down for a win. And then that that's that's the game you bring Bojan back for Leicester away, produce another uh, one yes. of their magic magic goals. I mean, like all five of them are perfectly winnable, and. But you kind of have to be realistic and think, in Premier League football, when does any team of mid-table ever win like more than three on the bounce? Like Not yeah. often. Um, and, and and just because we had a, a good performance yesterday against Huddersfield doesn't mean that it's not the same same team. Like mm. We've got... Paul Lambert still needs to work with this team. This team still needs to improve. Like, Huddersfield aren't an amazing team like let's this isn't uh i don't want to be negative but this isn't like a wow yes fantastic we are now going to go on and everything's going to be fine we need to work at it and we need to show the same level of intensity in these next games um it would be lovely wouldn't it if we could pick up another big scalp in the next few weeks as well like god imagine just imagine if when man city come on the 10th of march oh like, my god we we nick a one nil win like imagine the absolute oh people scenes the scenes because no one expects paul lambert to do well oh my days uh, i think that's a very dangerous place in which to uh, end the podcast but how it's about not. this this is a question for you zach is everything going to be totally okay forever i'm I don't want to jump to conclusions, but everything is going to be totally great forever. Um, and Chris, if you start to get negative, we will replace you with your two-year-old daughter. <laughs> I mean, who we know, you. as far as her views, she's in favor of Bath. 
<laughs> exactly. And that, and I, you know, there you, there you go. Yeah. Hey, I mean, oh God, just, just to uh, point, it, so I was watching the game yesterday um, on, on the screen and she was sat with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't i wasn't at the i wasn't at the game essentially is what i'm saying uh so she was sat with me and um so she knows that it's football or as she calls it fitball which is that sounds very that's a Scor- scottish heritage there yeah the fitball um but there was a moment where i don't know if um i don't know if huddersfield had had like they they, they cut through and i went oh oh god oh god like this she goes running out the room just shouting, Mommy! Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, God! I'm like, oh, they, they're really susceptible at this age. This like She's now running around the house just shouting, Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, no. So I'm going to try and teach her some fun phrases next, I think. <laughs> teach her the bread song. I'll teach her, Aoife, can you say Kenwin is a stokey? He comes from Trinidad. <laughs> Oh god, that that poor kid. Um, <laughs> We're just giddy and rambling. This is new. <laughs> oh, it's it's oh. nice to be it's nice to be back like this though, gents. I'm 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 happy. Mm. Yeah, happy days are here again. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, Chris. No, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Dave. Go on, Stoke. <laughs> hey.